0: How to beat burnout without quitting your job. Are you a working mother, juggling with multiple demands in your life, feeling a little burnout, wondering, can you maintain your job while taking care of all the other responsibilities that come in your role? Would you like to learn some practical tools? Then stay tuned. Our guest today will share her story and her client stories on how to beat burnout without quitting your job. And you are watching Happy and Healthy Mind program, episode 118. And our guest today is Gifty Enright. She's an author, speaker, coach and a woman in wellness in the workplace expert. She has spoken globally at multinational organizations such as banks, the government, top universities such as Oxford University and has given a TEDx talk. She's highly regarded writer. And apart from her book, Octopus on Treadmill, is regularly published in newspapers and magazines. She's also sought after for expert commentary on TV programs. And we are fortunate to have her as guest. Thank you, Gifty, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help leaders stop burnout with precision wellness, I believe that our mind is the software that runs the hardware of our brain and our body. Therefore, we share practical tips for mental fitness in these programs. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. But if you find this content helpful, then join our mission of eradicating preventable suffering by typing and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best with hope, health, and happiness. All right, so let's learn from our guest. Gifty, please share. How did this topic become important in your life?
1: Well, so probably going back to at least some, some 12 years ago, actually, if not even 15 years ago, I was unwell, as in I was literally carrying around a spreadsheet of 14 different symptoms that I was tracking on a monthly basis, color-coded just to see whether things were getting better or not and I would go to my doctor and tell her what was wrong with me and she'd be like oh you're a mother you got small kids you got a full-time job you know that extreme f- fatigue is normal this is normal this is normal so my doctor wasn't taking me seriously and here in the UK you know you get free medical care and so I had to go private and pay to for somebody to tell me exactly uh, what was wrong with me. And I was facing a lifetime of being on medication for the rest of my life. That was the option I was going to be given. Or me take, you know, things into my own hands and find a way out. And I decided to take things into my own hands and find a way out because I didn't want to spend the rest of my life on medication and dealing with the side effects of that as well. And so I was able, I, I just went on a journey to find out everything that I could for women my age, what was out there, different cultures, blah, 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 And I was able to reverse all the symptoms. I was able to reverse everything and come back to live a proper life, do you know, without coming home from work and just literally the moment I sat down on the sofa, I would be asleep, you know? or feeling so overwhelmed that I just didn't have the energy to do life Mm do you know and every day there was something wrong with me every day there was something wrong with me and it just got to the point where my husband just got fed up and said to me you need to go and go private and pay for this to be sorted out because I can't live with you like this and that was when I actually went out and sought the help.
0: Wonderful. I'm so glad that you were able to stop the burnout before it totally burnt you out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'm sure our audience would love to learn some of the tools that helped you and that you help your clients with so that they can also come out and stay successful in their life. So please share some of the tools with us. Right. So I mean, on my journey found is that people
1: when these things are wrong with them. So I had got to the point where I was also perimenopausal at that time, and I didn't even know it. So a lot of my symptoms got conflated with, you know, the burnout as well. And I'm not even sure I had even heard of burnout before that point. And so what I realized was I had to do a complete 180 with my lifestyle. Because what we do is we medicate a lot of lifestyle issues, right? Uh, and so the when the doctors were trying to put me on medication, my argument was, let me change the lifestyle and after that if i am still having these issues then we will look at medication
0: right
1: and and so when i say i changed my lifestyle it was a complete everything had to be revamped so um and when i when i work with people when i'm coaching women in burn I basically i'm working holistically so we're looking at physical mental emotional spiritual right and so if we're looking at physical, we start with the physical. I completely overhauled what I ate um, because I thought I was eating healthily. That's what I thought. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that think they are. But if you don't know about food, if you don't understand about nutrition, you know, you're eating things, masquerading as food. And they're not actually food. The nutritional value is very low, Right, <laughs> you know. So I had to educate myself about what real food was and start eating properly and get the right nutrition into my body to support myself. Uh, Now, also before that, I've never had a weight issue. So for me, I thought I don't need to exercise, you know, and I I just it it just wasn't. I just didn't do sweat. I just didn't exercise. And when you're stressed out, I mean, what, one of the best things for stress is exercise because it just cuts through that stress. Now, I didn't know that. And I wasn't exercising and I hated exercising. You know, <laughs> I really did. Yeah. And so it was getting myself once I understood why I had to exercise. Then it was something that I had to include in my lifestyle, I had to build it into my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and even things like hydration. Oh my God. I mean, when I said on my list of 14 symptoms, constipation was there continuously, right? And I didn't know it was things like changing my nutrition including more fiber in what I ate and getting better hydrated was going to help me eliminate that so and for somebody that was perimenopause, and I was also estrogen dominant and with that you know you need more fiber to help just literally wash things through your system so you don't get all that estrogen buildup excess estrogen and I didn't know any of this so I was there just you know eating what I thought was healthy and not enough fiber and all the rest of it. And and so the nutrition was a huge change for me. And then the exercise, the exercise wasn't even a change. It was non-existent. So I had to bring it in Uh, and things like sleep. I I used to be one of those people that would be there, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning watching Netflix. So I come home so exhausted, I fall asleep on the sofa and then wake up at about 11 and start watching Netflix (laughs) into the night. Again, that was very disruptive. You know, that whole circadian rhythm was you know i was just being crazy with with my biological system so i had to again learn about that and and sort out my sleep so that was down the, on the physical side and then there was the when i talk about the emotional side it's more about the mindset and managing your emotions and all those toxic emotions that we just allow to fester and we're sitting there and we're resentful and we are not forgiving people and we're hanging on to all these things that you know, because when you're angry or when you're stressed out and you're thinking, you, you get caught into a negative loop. All you're doing is just generating more cortisol in your system, which is not helping anybody, <laughs> right. you know. And but people don't, when they're not well, they don't think that emotional management is contributing. Right.
0: They say we are justified because things are not going according to my desire. I'm justified to feel angry and I'm justified to feel frustrated. And so like sometimes when I'm working with the people, I just say you are justified. It is normal, but it is not serving you. So what can you do to modify it? Acknowledge, but you don't have to hang on to it. Initial reaction that you get because, you know, things went wrong is normal acknowledge it, validate it, but you do not need to hang on to it. You can let it go. And that is where we don't learn to do that as we are growing up as a society. It seems like we are getting more and more entrenched into these reactivity patterns that are not serving us.
1: No, And and I love the way you put it there. It's normal, but it's not serving you. right? I love the way you, you you know, because when people understand that, Yes, of course, it's normal that you're going to be upset or you're going to be bitter about something, whatever. Yes, feel the feels, but you can't hang on to it because when you hang on to it, it affects your biochemistry and it starts making you ill. And once people understand that, then you think when you're holding on to a grudge, the person you're actually hurting is you.
0: Right. Your (laughs) blood pressure is going up yes your arteries are getting constricted your muscles are getting tight you are developing chronic pain and the other person that you are upset about may not even know or they may May not not even know (laughs) may not even know and yeah ending up on medication
1: because so it was was and again this was a huge educational point for me learning that and managing my thoughts and managing my my thought processes is, is what was his name? Is it um one of the stoics, uh Marcus Aurelius? He said, Um, the quality of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts, right? And so if you're there thinking crappy thoughts, you're going to have a crappy life. Um, but a lot of people, I think where they get stuck is even when they come across this information that this thought is not is bad for me. I shouldn't be resentful. I shouldn't be this and They get it on an intellectual level, but they don't know how to navigate themselves out of that. They kind of get caught in that, you know. But it really is worth doing the work to manage your emotions. And if you like, produce the biochemistry that serves you. Do you know? Because every thought you're thinking is changing your, your biochemistry. And then there's the mental side of it. So, I mean, because the emotional and mental, you can even put them together. But the mental side of it, for me, it's what are you putting in your head? What is your mindset? Do you know, is life happening to you or is it happening for you? Right? Because if you're there thinking things never go my way, if you are not, you know, reading the right books to put the right mindset into your mind, you will be thinking the wrong thoughts. And so, again, it's making sure the mental bit is about the educational part of it. It's about educating, you know, yourself so you think in a different way and then it means that it affects your emotions in, in a different way. And then the last bit, not the least, is the spiritual side. And when I'm coaching, when it gets to spiritual, people think I'm going to go woo-woo on them. No, this is not about the woo-woo. I don't expect you to go and kneel before anybody in a temple or in a church or anything like that. That's not what it's about. For me, the spirituality is actually psychology on steroids. Because if you understand that your beliefs are what are generating your lens of life, and so... If you believe that everybody's lucky and you're not, then you will act like you're not a lucky person. But where do your beliefs come from? There is that psychological framework that, you know, gives you your beliefs. And this is where spirituality comes in. And I'll give you an example. For me, when it comes to food, my body is a temple. Now, that is the spiritual framework there. Now, if you believe that you are the divine and the divine lives in you, you're not going to put rubbish in this temple. Do you know? And so your your spiritual framework affects the way you behave. It affects your beliefs. Your beliefs then generate your thoughts. Your thoughts result in your actions. So it's looking at those four things holistically, and changing your life around
0: that's that's wonderful yeah people forget that their bodies are the temple or i say that is your biggest asset that lets you yes. walk and talk and do all the things that you do and so it is the biggest asset take care of it sometimes especially as women and especially mothers we have tendency to put whatever is left over in our body as if your body is a garbage bin, whatever is left over the kids have eaten halfway or whatever is like, you know, left over. like at least in my culture, as I grew up in, not be in some other cultures, but many of the mothers, I see the tendency of consuming leftovers. Yes. And so, and I have the same tendency. So I kind of realized at certain point in time, and I started using this phrase, my body is not a garbage bin. So I don't need to put everything in it. But if you think about my body is the temple or my body is my asset, then you would take care of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's wonderful. So summarizing what you're saying is that once you realize that a lot of your symptoms are because of these lifestyle issues and your, you know, biopsychosocial, we we call it Mm -hmm. biopsychosocial spiritual for the context, And human beings are not just biological or just psychological or just spiritual. They are combination. These are all facets of our lives. Mm -hmm. So you use different terminology to represent the same thing that I also believe in. And then if you work at your belief system, that is a spirituality, that would help improve Ah. your mood uh, and thoughts. And as Mm -hmm. as you improve that, then it would improve your behavior. Yes. And your behavior would change that your life would change, your ability to function, handle all these demands in, in your life may improve. So that is wonderful kind of uh, context for people to understand. So can you give us some examples of, you know, how how applying these things, what kind of problems you faced, and then how did you overcome or some of your clients when they try to apply these principles in their life? What kind of hurdles have they faced and if what are some of the simple things that helped you and your client overcome them
1: yeah so some of the hurdles people face they have that analysis paralysis thing where they're analyzing and analyzing and they never start right and then they're there like when i give talks because i go around corporates and and give talks and people asking me oh you know you're saying spiritual mental whatever whatever where do we start right and i my answer to that is it doesn't matter where you start, start, <laughs> yeah. right, start from somewhere, choose what, so when it comes to exercise, for example, I hated exercise, so um, I had to find some exercise that I liked, because if you told me to go for a run, and that's what you were going to make, make me do as an exercise, I wasn't going to exercise, because I hate running, yeah. do you know, uh, and so you have to do what you like. So look at what you need to change and pick something small there that you like, and then you build the momentum. Now, I love yoga. I could do yoga until, I don't know, my legs fell off or something, right? I love walking. I will not run, but I will walk and walk and walk and walk, right? So, and walking is exercise. Yoga is exercise. So do what you love in that bit. So that that is the first thing, because otherwise if you go and decide, okay, I'm going to, like, I don't even go to the gym. If if you decide, okay, I'm going to go to the gym every day and do weights or whatever, and you hate that sort of thing, it's not going to happen. So that's a, you know, typical mistake that people do. So don't do that. And if you find yourself stuck, sometimes people start all gung-ho, like, you know, New Year's resolution, let's go for it. And then, you know, two weeks time, they've stopped. Now, when I'm working with people, now, if you have a coach, they're going to drag you over the line anyway, so they're not going to allow you to stop until you you stop working with them. But if, you, if you're if you on your own, I will say, get an accountability partner, Do you know, because that helps. Because, you know, sometimes you might not feel like doing something, but because you don't want to let your partner down, you will turn up, you know. So, you know, tell your family, whatever, I'm doing this, I need an accountability partner who is in it with me, and get somebody and do it together, because, you know, that again, keeps you going on on the days that you don't want to go. Now, people's mindset is a huge blocker. People, somebody, they think, oh, I've always eaten, I've always eaten, I don't know, junk food. I can never eat healthy food. Uh, Or I don't know how to cook and it takes too long to cook and I can never eat. That, That is just a block there. And because of that, They they look at the one thing they're not good at and they use that to stop themselves from making the effort in terms of if we're talking about healthy eating, for example. I was working with this woman who had an autoimmune disease um, and she said, "Oh, I've spoken to people who've been able to reverse their symptoms, but they all had to go vegan. I don't think I can ever go vegan. I'm like, you don't need to go vegan. Just make me make one meal vegan. Start from there. You know, it doesn't have to be something big and heroic because you start there, you build the momentum, you get yourself an accountability partner, and that keeps you going. And then before you know it, you start getting results. And then, of course, the results, you get that feedback feedback loop, and then you keep going, and then you keep going.
0: That's wonderful, yeah. Like I have patients who who would have a hard time, you know, similar similarly to your clients and i would say just start even if you want to eat the burger even if you want to eat the burger and french fries and that's what your main meal is and that's what you like start with just having the half the plate with the veggies eat the salad first and so just kind of having the uh, healthy plate that we talk about like now healthy plate we have talked about in another program where you know half of your plate should be vegetables and fruit and then a quarter could be protein and a quarter could be carbohydrate. so even if you are doing you know the burger which probably is three quarters because a quarter is the protein and a quarter is the carb and a quarter is the french fries but start with at least this quarter or half plate of veggies or you know start with that because then you would get the those nutrients that comes from plant sources, then you would get the fiber, then you would get some of the fluids that is necessary for the digestion to happen. And one big thing that I recently found, like, you know, I, people who have been following me know that I've been really promoting having the continuous glucose monitor that I Mm. also put and for the wellness purposes. And And so one of the things that found that when you're eating sources of sugar let's say i love mango okay so every time i eat mango my blood sugar goes really high (laughs) so one thing that i could do is if i have a salad that i want to eat and then i also want to eat something sweet instead of eating sweet first and then eating salad i should eat salad first and then eat the sweet so what happens is that salad that fiber would allow the uh, slow down the rise of blood sugar from the sweet thing that i may eat, and then kind of decreasing the portion so that my blood sugar does not shoot up so much Mm. and so like simple simple changes like that what you eat first and what you eat second and yes some planting and like you said you kind of making one meal vegan is kind of getting you started on the path to wellness because it's not a light switch it's not like no ill and well it's kind of a continuum and so you can kind of go from illness to wellness and your goal needs to be kind of optimum wellness so you can live your best life
1: yeah 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 and 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 so that there is and of course the the women i work with for women a big big problem for women because of all the demands on our time is having firm boundaries right and so you could do all the physical things, but you will still burn yourself out if you are there looking after everybody else, no time for yourself and self-care because you've got porous boundaries and everybody is just pulling on your time. But because mothers feel that we've been put on this earth to, I don't know, our life should be in service to everybody else, right. you never stop to look after yourself. There are no boundaries. When it's because somebody's asking, you're giving. Now, that is not serving yourself. And your children need you alive. (laughs) Do you know when you're dead, you're of no use to anyone. And so if you really want to serve, you need to stay alive. That is your first priority. Do You know, if you want your children to be happy, you need to stay alive. Because when you're dead. And And healthy. Right? And healthy. Because if you're alive and you're unwell, you're putting stress on the children. They're worried about their mother. Do you know? And so it is incumbent on the mothers to live well, A, because you're taking pressure off the people that love you, B, you're giving them permission to live well, because your children are who you are, right? So you can tell them whatever you want and read all sorts of fancy, clever stuff and give it to them. If you are not living that, that's not what they are. They are who you are. And so you have to model what good looks like. You have to model what right eating looks like you have to i mean i i eat a lot of fish and i I love fish and and when i say fish i'm not talking fish fingers i'm talking the proper fish with a head on the whole thing (laughs) right Uh, and most people get freaked out by seeing a whole fish you know and i never went out of my way teach my children how to eat a whole fish and navigate the whole bones and I, i never taught them that but they saw me they saw me eat it navigate it and guess what they just do it and so your children are who you are and so what example are you setting for them are you putting firm boundaries in place do you know how to say no because if you don't know how to say no and you're running yourself rugged that is the example you're setting up for the children and if you have girls you are just repeating this cycle here of burnout. And so it's it's harder to implement firm boundaries. You need a healthy self-esteem and you need great communication skills right otherwise you'll never be able to say no if you don't have a good self-esteem you just don't feel worth it enough to say no and even if you have good self-esteem and you don't have great communication skills it may come out of your mouth the no might come out of your mouth but the people are still going to ignore you because it hasn't come out right in the right way and all the rest of it and so it's learning that these things are important time for yourself is important you need the boundaries in place because if you don't, you're going to be in a resentful place and it's going to affect your biochemistry.
0: And I have like so many questions that are coming up, but I am aware that we are running out of time now. So let me kind of first ask you, is there a kind of a most important take home message that you would like to give to our audience?
1: So the most important thing is you need to prioritize yourself. First and foremost, that is number one. If you don't hear anything I've said here, throw everything away. It doesn't matter. Learn how to prioritise yourself. Because once you start learning how to prioritise yourself, you have time for yourself. You have the headspace to start thinking about your wellness strategy. If you don't prioritise
0: yourself, you will not get the chance to do that. Wonderful, wonderful thank you so much and if people want to learn more about you how can they reach you Uh,
1: so i mean on my website giftyenright.com so you go there everything is there can
0: you spell it for people who are just listening
1: yes so so gifty as in g-i-f for freddy t-y e-n-r-i-g-h-t that's giftyenright.com and if you go to uh, my website you get all the information and if you want to work with me it's all there as to how you can work with me as well
0: wonderful wonderful thank you so much and gifty and thank you for the gift that you're going to share with our audience and so if you want to get the gift from gifty you can go to our website happyandhealthymind.com and there's a big button called resources you click over there and you would be able to access all the gifts from our wonderful guest on this program. And if you are in US and you would like us to send the reminders, resources, links, just text the word joyful to number 38470, and we'd be happy to send you those reminders. And so let me leave you on this note. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And not making a choice is also a choice to allow the circumstances to drag you in the direction the circumstances are going. So what do you choose today? Are you going to allow the stressors and demands of your life drag you to the point of total burnout? Or are you going to stop, recharge yourself on a regular basis, prioritize yourself, apply some of the tools that you learned today so that you can modify the trajectory and prevent yourself from getting total burnout so beat burnout without quitting your job and responsibilities by just plugging in these self-care points to your day and to your life and on that note stay safe happy and healthy until next time dr Robina. and thank you gifty for all this thanks for having